Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Good morning to you on a Wednesday here in Austin, Texas. It's Match Play Wednesday. Cameron Parker behind the glass. Craig Way in the air on the way to Kansas City as the Texas Longhorns in their first six sweet, sweet 16 since 2008. Jeff Howe will be along shortly. He is stuck in that match play traffic. So I got Ty Henderson across from me. Ty, we're back, baby. Mike one. Yeah, there, we, there go. we go. Now we're back. Now we're back. Yeah. I mean, I, I we had a great show the other day. Um, it's good to be back here with you, though, Cameron. Are you heading out to the match play at all yet? Tomorrow. Okay. I'm thinking tomorrow's the day. So when you head out to the Adele match play, what's your, are you just watching golf? You're just getting some uh, Tito's vodka? What's, uh, what's your, what's your game plan? What's your itinerary? A little bit of both. It's been a few years since I've gone, been able to go during the week. You know, when most of the golf is being played in the past few years, I've um, I've gone on like Saturday and Sunday when it's only, you know, a handful of um, matchups left. So there's not as much golf to be watched, but I'm really excited to get out there tomorrow. Like you said, drink some Tito's in the in the Tito's tent and, uh, you know, watch my guy, Scotty Scheffler. I'm watch my I, I'm really excited to see Tommy Fleetwood. OK. You know, oh, OK. Hey, I know you're a big Tommy Fleetwood guy, aren't you? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Tommy Jesus. So. Um, I, I have a little wager on him today. Okay. You now winning his matchup, he's a slight favorite. But uh, yeah, exciting weekend. It's one of my favorite, most favorite months of the year, but definitely one of my favorite events in Austin uh, throughout the year for sure. Yeah, he's facing off against JT Poston today. JT, he could not putt to save his life against the foul bar last week. So I love that Tommy Fleetwood matchup, even, even winning his group. Um, where is the Tito's location at for the match play for those who are interested? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it, usually, that... I'm usually my my judgment and okay. Memories Are you by the water clouded. holes? Yeah, that... okay. it's it's one of the big grandstands. Okay, so you might be behind. I think Dell, the Dell Grandstand Hospitality Ten is right behind Thirteen Green. So are you? I might be thinking of that ten, honestly. Okay, so you could be. I know. I know the one across from Eleven, the Par Three, is the Cadillac uh, Covert. Is that like the 1884? What's the? Isn't there like an 1884 tent or something? What is it? I think there is. Okay, I think I've I've. I, I don't, like I, I said, I usually I having a very good time, and my my, my memory is cloudy. But. So usually I'm not frequently frequenting those locations because I'm out covering something for the horn. But you you have the fun part of Look it. Look at so, you being productive. Yeah, 
Well, if the weekend comes, if well, it's hard when Scotty Scheffler keeps winning every single one of his matches because it's you can't really enjoy yourself, right? That's another guy that I have a wager on yeah, today. Yeah, he's, he's playing the best golf. As we talked about um, heavy favorite today. Heavy favorite. I like him a lot. Um, and then Chris Kirk and Matt Kuchar. Kuchar is playing Victor Hoffman today. If you're looking for some early action for for Wednesday, Matt Matt Kuchar who. Lost to Kevin Kisner, I think, three years ago in the match play championship. He's been playing phenomenal golf lately. He's always – he loves his course. I got Kisner. You like uh, Kisner? He's an Kisner's underdog. always good. Yeah, he always goes – he's a bulldog. He's a bulldog, Ty. Kis is always a good bet. Look at look at the guys who – I mean, Kis lost to Scotty last year in the match play championship match as well, and Kis wasn't even playing great golf coming into it. So it just seems like if you're a match play guy, it's a short course. You, it's not a bomber's paradise, so that helps a lot of the – Shorter hitters such as Kevin Kisner or the Matt Kuchers. But if you're interested in watching some of the Texas guys go out, uh, Jordan Spieth, he tees off. I think 12-16 is his first match against Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian. And then Scotty Scheffler teeing off pretty late today, uh, 2.50 p.m. against Davis Riley. That'll be a tough one. Uh, Riley played pretty good last week against the Faust Bar. Out of their group, I like Scotty to come out. But if you're looking for some... UT guys, 250, get off, get off work, maybe take off work just a little bit early and, and catch the end of Jordan's match and the beginning of Scotty's match. Hopefully the weather will clear up because yesterday was disgusting, Ty. It was pouring rain. Traffic around here is uh, it's not great, as Jeff Howe has found out, but it, it should be a fun week. Hopefully it heats up this weekend, and we'll be out there this weekend as well. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I got uh, the Saturday and Sunday lineup here at the Horn to to do, and I know yeah. Roddy Rodriguez. It's looking like he might have a little bit of extra time on on Sunday before uh, the NASCAR event here at Coda. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's looking a little bit better outside. Is it supposed to get sunny today? At I don't any think point? so. Oh. I don't think so. That's rough. But, but tonight and, you'll be back in the studio as well. Yes, for the uh, the Flex ATX show with uh, tonight. It's me, Derek. Cohen and Nolan Hogan uh, will be having some special guests in studio. Bryce Hager, former Baylor Bear, uh, NFL linebacker with the Los Angeles Rams and St. Louis Rams. I think he played for. I think he goes that far back. Um, and then we'll be having some the Hayes running back on room in. The names are escaping me right now. I don't have the sheet pulled up, but uh, it should be a fun night. Some uh, local high school sports talk. I believe 7 p.m. start time. That's usually when I mean it's usually your show, right? That's when it starts, right? Hey, it, we've hadn't haven't had it in like a month because of Texas baseball. Damn, so all, the, all the Wednesdays games, yeah, yeah. So if you can't check it out today live, uh, hornfm.com or search flexatx.com or the Flex ATX podcast again. Ty Nolan and Derek Cohen, the boss man. Usually not the, not the on air personality yeah. coming in coming out of the bullpen though. See, that's why I'm, I'm not going to be in the show tonight because. If Derek's going to be in there, I don't want to be. He's going to be th- taking notes and all that stuff. But, yeah, make sure you check that out. We'll be back in next. We think Zach Lucero, he's going to Utah with his uh, girlfriend's family. Look at him. Probably shouldn't have said that on air, but you know what? Uh, Pastor Smasher has a question for you, Ty. Ty, are you bummed out that Dell Match Play is not coming back? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an ACC member, so all the You're talk okay. about you know members being – upset about it it's like that doesn't have anything to do with me i just like having a a golf tournament here in town it's it's really always i mean it's expensive it's but it's good it's, i've never not had a good time out there and it's and what how many of the top golfers are here was it 42 of the top 50 so depending on how you want to look at it it's supposed to be the top 64 players in the world but there's uh, quite a handful who are missing because they're on the live tour 
So 42 of 50 is about right because you're missing Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, Abe Anser, Joaquin Neiman. So it's it's definitely the the weakest field the match play has had in quite some time. So who's, of, who's take the, takes those guys' places? Is it just the next 20? Yeah, basically the next guy is up on the official World Golf ranking list. So it's why if you're looking at this year's you know list, and it's not nothing against these golfers, but there's a lot of guys out here that you probably won't recognize if you're just a casual fan. I mean, I mean guys like Ryan Fox, you know, doesn't really move the needle for you. Um, you know, even JT Poston, the postman, Victor Perez, Davis Thompson, Adrian Moronk, Andrew Putnam, Scott Stallings, Lucas Silver, all great players, but... Scott Stallings is the only guy I've ever heard of, of all those names. You're missing Cam Smith. You're missing Dustin Johnson. I mean, Phil, he's not a top 64 golfer, but when Phil was a top 64 golfer and could play in this event, it's a big draw. How many times? Did Tiger only play once? He played once in the Austin one. He's he's won the most WGCs of all time, but he only played in the Austin match play once, which was 2018, and he lost in the the semifinals to Lucas Beergard after he beat Roy McIlroy on on Saturday, which was the, the most fans I've ever seen at the match play in the four or five years I've covered it. So, and not only is this the last Dell match play here in Austin, but this is the last match play. Yeah, for now. Yeah. So, do you think that's why? Why was that decision made? Was that a like the guys on the tour don't like it, or is it just for TV viewing? Not as I think there was a lot of different reasons into it. Um, I know Dell wanted to change the sponsorship to Intel, the PJ Tour. Didn't want to do that. Um, there were some disagreements in terms of the money. And basically, the PJ Tour just stopped negotiating with, I believe, the Austin Country Club and uh, and Dell, Dell Technologies. And so when they were ready to come back, PJ Tour said, no, we're good. And they have already decided they wanted to move the Houston Open, which usually plays in the fall. That's been bumped up to this point in the schedule because what the PJ Tour has, has done now, Ty, is they've created what they call designated events which is basically the wgc's of the past which is eight events where you get more money you get more um there's no cut line there's no yeah there's no cut line you get more money it's basically trying to keep the pj tour guys on the pj tour from defecting to live and so this year the match play is a designated event you get more money for showing up and you get money even if you finish in last place that next year will be taken by the houston open but that won't be a match play so the guys talked about it yesterday. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler were all interviewed about the match play and what it meant to them and if they would want to have it come back. And both Scotty and Rahm said, that, yeah, we love match play, but the way the schedule is, the PJ Tour doesn't have anything on the board for 2024. Now, it could theoretically come back in 2025, but it won't be at the Austin Country Club. It would have to be in a in a different different venue. I don't know if it would be the Houston Open. Uh, it's got to be, you know, Typically, they look for courses that are great for match play style because not every course is great for match play. Like the Austin Country Club, great golf course, would not work in stroke play. It's just, it's too, it's too short. But for match play, it's great because it does not favor a single golfer. So uh, is Austin Country Club the only course in Austin that could host a pro event or could something happen at like Barton Creek? I think Barton Creek would be, so the, the PJ Tour, it's not about the course. It's about can they fit all of their hospitality tents? Can they have room for the media center? Can they have room for, you know, parking and all this other crap? It's about the infrastructure, not about the courses, which is why. So well, wouldn't Barton Creek have better infrastructure? Than, well, it's than... so hilly. I don't, I think it's so tough to get to. And with parking, I think it would be a pain in the butt. Um, I've heard rumors about Cimarron Hills in the past, which is up in Georgetown. That's owned by Jack Nicholas. It's a really good championship-style course, uh, Driftwood Country Club. 
that's brand new. Have not been out to that, but I've heard that it, it could definitely, definitely fit uh, a PJ Tour event. I don't know, um, but it does suck not having a, a tour event because the last four or five years, this has been the best week for me. It's it's so much fun to be able to get out there. But of course, with Live, I don't know if it's run its course, but it, it kind of sucks if if you're a fan and you want to go out and you want to see you know DJ or or Kepka or Cam Smith or Phil. You're not going to see it this week because. You know they currently aren't allowed to play, and PGA it's also tournaments. really hard to watch that on. I like I can't find it on TV. What is it on? Like CW? CWF? Yeah, it's I I haven't figured it out either. Um, it used to be on last year's on YouTube, which I yeah. was perfect because you could just look on YouTube. But you have to. It's like on the CW from a certain amount of time, and sometimes it's on tape delay. Now, if if a live event started in Austin, would oh, you God. would that would you have any interest in going to that? Uh, I don't think so. Are you just the most PJ Tour stand there is? I'm not really a PJ Tour stand. I just, it's just not exciting golf for me. Why? Because the team element or what? The team element is cool, but it's not really different than the PJ Tour. You're still playing 18 holes. Like, sure, you're all teeing off at the same time, but it's like the last couple events. The whole point of Live was like, it's going to be star power, right? We want to have like the Cam Smiths and the DJs winning these events. The last three events have been won by, I think, Charles Howell, the third. Uh, Carlos Ortiz, and then Daniel Lee won last week. It's like Danny Lee, excuse me. That doesn't does that excite you? No. Yeah, I saw so, Us Hazen was in, in the top three last week. I don't know, right? Louis, yeah, Louis Us Hazen. Yeah. yeah. But who does excite us? Is Jeff Howe. Jeff Howe, welcome back. How was the How was the traffic? Uh, West Bank sucked. It usually does, but not your alma mater tie. This the the. You know, the part of 360 that intersects with it. It was worse. Coming north was worse. Like, dude, I left in plenty of time. Like, wow. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this city. Like, if you're driving in Dallas or Houston or even San Antonio is a little more like Austin. You're, like, in a line of traffic. You're like, man, there must be something really bad up ahead. And then you get through where the traffic jam stops and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You're like, so so what? What's what's the deal here? What are, what are we doing? I think it's just people in this city don't know how to merge. Yes. I learned that a long time yes. ago. So, Tyrus, how you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Good. How was, how was uh, Des Moines? Des Moines was lovely. There was snow on the ground the whole time I was there. So Sounds awesome. Couldn't really do a whole lot. Cam, you good? Cameron, you good? It took me 30 minutes to go from the exit off of 183 to the station. It's the year It's the year 2023. I thought we were going to have flying cars by now. No. it's We're, we're going the opposite way. <laughs> It does seem like we're going the opposite way. Hey, before we get into uh, Longhorn football, some Longhorn basketball, and Cameron, if you want to talk more golf. Right, Tyrus, keep those headphones plugged in, sir. I'm not done with you yet. You uh, you got anything new, exciting in the card game going on lately? I got a... Uh, I know Bucky and Aaron don't let you talk about this, so we'll we'll give you this forum on Light the Tower to do it. A nice uh, college... Aiden Hutchison RPA the nice. other day at a National Treasures, which was I ordered offline, was pretty cool. Uh, I got a Jeremy Shockey auto okay. the Ooh. other day, um, but I've been you know I've been slowing down. I told you I sold my Trevor Lawrence Dragon Scale uh, card. It's a sweet looking card. I know. I wish money was a little tight, and you know sometimes I'm just trying to 
collect guys that I like at this point. You know, you've kind of inspired me with your uh, yeah, my contenders. contenders auto project. Yeah. Did you like the deal I got on that Sam Ellinger oh card? Oh, my God. Yeah, I meant to respond to what, at, at 99 cents? I won an eBay auction for that card for a whole 99 cents. Yeah. it was, uh, And it should actually be in the mailbox today. So there you go. Mail day. Yeah, that today. Yeah. Uh, mail, I love a mail day. Uh, there's something else. Oh, yeah. I went to Target last night. I had to run an errand. By the way, I forgot to tell you, Cameron, you'll love this. So yesterday... I just decided, you know, I've got a lot of stuff I've got to get done, and UT had a basketball availability yesterday, and I'm like, you know what, I, I've still got a few things from Des Moines to pump out that I got from the open locker room access. I don't really need to go to the basketball availability, so I text my colleague Chip Brown. I'm like, hey, Chip said he needed to go. There was some stuff he needed to get. I'm like, hey, you know, do you need me? He's like, no, I got it. You're good. So at that point, I just go home. I'm like, great, I can get a head start. Well, little did I know, I forgot until I got home and opened my back door to get my backpack out, that when I went to grab lunch yesterday, I left my backpack with my computer in it in the office here. So I get all the way to San Marcos, and then I realize, you know what, if I want to work, I got to turn around and go right back to Austin. So I had to wait for the wife to get home, so you know, can't leave my five-year-old by herself. So basically, by about eight o'clock last night, I finally got home with my computer and was able to get a little, little something done. So Greg that, also left his computer here. Did he really? Two days ago. So what's what's going I on? I don't with know, you guys? man. Something's I, in the air. I think it's just, um, for me. I think I'm just getting old, man. I don't know. My body's falling apart and uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, but no, yeah, Ty, that was good. I won that uh, that Sam Ellinger auction for ninety nine cents. That's the the that's the best deal I've gotten. I won a Charles Minahu auction for a dollar to get his Contenders Auto. And one, how many do you, do you have? Like a a set of all these guys that you're looking for? I can, run, just I, kind of, I know, can run down go. the names that I need because I'm keeping track of this. So I need to complete the set. I'll keep a lookout. Ricky Williams, Sean Rogers. I've got Olive O two O three O four, Derek Johnson and Cedric Benson. Vince Young and Michael Huff, Brian Robinson, all of 08, which is Jermichael Finley, Jamal Charles Lamas, Swede, Brian Arakpo, Colt McCoy, Earl Thomas, Aaron Williams, the Justin Tucker card, which I'm not going to ever own, because that's like a $1,600 card, because it's his only it's yeah. his only rookie card. Uh, all of 2013, which I think I just bought that on Comsey. Kenny Vicaro, Alex Oka for Marquise Goodwin, Deontay Foreman, that's little Jordan Humphrey, you just need to find time to get those those are readily available so yeah i'm not too too many big ones in there i'm sure the ricky williams and the i'm Earl hoping Thomas. that by the end of the year all i have are like the big ones left like aaron williams is a big one because this is a super short print uh i mentioned justin tucker what was the other one michael dixon is in 20 he's a 2018 rookie but his is in 2019 and that's like a 50 to 75 well yeah I, I realized last week that so a rookie card technically is just the first card that comes out it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be from your because I saw a Kevante Turpin yeah. rookie card out of this year, and people were like, oh, why, did, why does it have the rookie? It wasn't his rookie year. And I'm Just like, whenever yeah. they decide to whenever they decide to make it. It's interesting. I, I appreciate the texture. The Texas Inspects text line is open 337-3776. Uh, texture warning me to know since I live in San Marcos, there is currently a porta potty blocking the southbound lanes of I-35 at exit 202, which will be the Aquarina Springs exit. So... If you're driving to San Marcos, there's a doo-doo hut blocking exit 202, so be careful. You've been warned. Uh, Ty, thanks for sitting in, man, while I no got problem. everything going. It's always, always a pleasure. And I appreciate your uh, I appreciate your support. Thank you for everything you've done to your body, and uh, best of luck the rest of the day. Good, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day, too. Yes, thank you, Ty. Thanks, Ty.
Uh, yeah, Specs text line is open, 337-3776. Uh, this texture says, saving all your stuff to the cloud is your friend. Yeah, you know what? Um, Cameron, do you... You have an you have an iPhone, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Do you do iCloud? Yeah. yeah I, of course. Okay. So my wife and I we get the family sharing gimmick yeah. where we share two you know it's two hundred I think it's two hundred gigs or something that we share. My wife's using like one hundred and seven one hundred twenty five gigs of it. Jeez. And I'm like, you need to save some photos and videos somewhere else because I can't save anything. So in the process of trying to create some room on my phone. I can save some photos and some things that I need for work on my iCloud. I accidentally deleted all the notes that I had saved in iCloud. So I just, I'm just going back to saving my notes on my oh, phone. Oh, no. It was like, there was like 39 note files that just gone. This is vapor. Not See, there anymore. I, I make sure I get the most amount of iCloud storage I can possibly get. Now, because I had to do that because I had like the iPhone 6 for about seven years and just refused to upgrade because I didn't want to spend the money and so those iphones they had negative storage right so you just had to get more and yeah. more icloud icloud storage that's tough because i have a lot of important data saved in my notes as well and if, if i lost that it'd be a bad day yeah no doubt uh yeah i don't know how i got my exit numbers in san marcus mixed up exit 202 is going to be the ranch road 12 exit which i should know because that's the exit i take to go home so I guess when I go home later today, I hope the doo-doo hut has been picked up and it's not blocking my pathway home. Maybe you just missed Gerald. Well, and then, you know, that's why I love this show uh, because somebody uh, somebody said, are we sure that's in San Marcos, not in Gerald? Uh, Bizarro Dale Dudley said, so somebody from Gerald lost their house while moving south. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. So love you guys on the Specs text line. Uh, Cameron, I'll, I'll do this as a uh, – so we got a Longhorn Notebook coming up next. Inconceivable to close out hour number one, Longhorn Notebook coming up next hour. Cameron's got a flex segment for us. Uh, Cameron, I want to do this as a prelude to uh, the Longhorn Notebook coming up next. I- anything come out of practice or anything that we talked about on the show yesterday as the Longhorns got back to work? Now, keep in mind the practice schedule. They, they were on the field yesterday. They'll practice today, tomorrow. No practice on Friday, and then they'll get back after it on uh, on Saturday because you got the coaches' clinic and a lot of other stuff going on on campus on Friday. So they'll get after it on Saturday. Anything jump out at you, Cameron? That you're like, wow, we really really need to latch on to that and file that away. The Cam Williams stuff from Sark, I think, was very encouraging about how he's gotten more physical, the weight he's lost, and just how high IQ of a player. It makes me encouraged as a Texas fan, and I think someone texted yesterday in the Specs text line is that. Last, like, now two years in a row where it's felt like the offensive line was a strength of this team, and going into this season, it might be the strength of the Big 12. I'm not ready to go that far. Okay. Uh, just because of what we Too saw. Too much Kool-Aid in my Yeti right now? Well, a little bit, yeah. You might want to water some of that down uh, as you take a big swig. I I think this offensive line is good. It, it, it far exceeded my expectations last year. Let me just state that for the record. But I think as we found out in the bowl game against Washington, yeah. Bijan and Roshan did a lot on their own to maximize the running game. Now you give the offensive line credit, certainly. But I just felt like those two guys, their ability to, to force missed tackles, to maximize runs, you know, they they really added some juice to the run game that otherwise might not have been there. And and it turns out in the Alamo Bowl, 
Washington had a much better defensive front, a much better run defense than I probably gave them credit for initially uh, because they own the line of scrimmage in that game. I mean, Texas really just could not line up and run the football. So I'm not ready to say it's a strength of the Big 12, but I do like the fact that you've got guys that have room to grow. I mean, I've said it already this week. We forget that Kelvin Banks played as well as he did last year, as much as he did last year as a true freshman. And a true freshman that didn't come in for spring ball. Mind you, he, he didn't come in until the summer. So Kelvin Banks still has some room to grow, and you can go on down the road. But that was my biggest concern with the offensive line. And Mike Roach and I talked about this uh, two weeks ago when Mike was in town. My biggest concern with some of these Kyle Flood recruits, because I've, I've seen Texas, as Texas has tried to find different offensive identities, they try to recruit different kinds of offensive linemen, and, and the thought of recruiting big guys sounds great. But if you get a bunch of really big guys that can't move, now you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. I think Oklahoma got into that at one point, just recruiting a bunch of really big guys that just couldn't move well. But to your point about Cameron Williams, we talked about it at Horns 24-7 earlier this week that you know when the team was practicing, he was getting a look at guard, even running with the ones a little bit. These guys have some versatility. Like, yes, spring is the time where you want to cross-train, but I think Kyle Flood can because you've got big guys that actually have some athleticism to them that actually can move around a little bit. So they're not just big slugs. You know, meandering around the field, they're they're actually you know six five, three hundred thirty plus pound guys that that can move and can play multiple positions, have some flexibility. So, I do dig that. But we'll get into some other things because there was a few things that came up on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Which, by the way, you can hear tonight after the Flex Show at eight o'clock. You can hear Longhorn Blitz with myself, Matt Butler, and Rod Babers. Uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, search Horns twenty four seven. You click that follow button to get the Horns 24-7 podcast feed and you get the, any episode of the, every episode of the Blitz. Whenever it drops, it dropped this morning, bright and early for you on your morning commute. You can get the Blitz. So talk about a couple of things there and uh, dig into some, some things Sark said yesterday. Cameron already mentioned the Cam Williams bit, but we'll dig into a few more things Sark had to say after yesterday's practice. We'll do that when we come back. Talk a little Texas football in the Longhorn Notebook here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the tower. Rolling along, hour number one, Wednesday edition of Light the Tower. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Way en route to Kansas City. So in case you missed yesterday's show, our broadcast setup is going to be Cam and I in studio today doing the show. I'll be en route to KC tomorrow, so it'll be Cam behind the glass, Craig in Kansas City in some way, shape, or form doing the show. And then Friday, we'll just kind of play it by ear because Texas plays that late game, so... 
don't know exactly what the logistics are going to be for our Friday show, but we, Craig and I have time to figure that out. So, uh, Plenty of uh, March Madness talk, Texas basketball. Got Texas baseball coming up with a big series this weekend against Texas Tech to kick off conference play. That 11-game winning streak they're taking into conference play. So plenty to talk about. But, uh, man, I just want to talk some Longhorn football. We've been so basketball-centric, and nothing wrong with that because the basketball team has definitely earned the right for us to talk about them on the air. But spring football's back, so let's go ahead and talk football here in the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Erin Bowersock, bowersockteam.com. She is your Longhorn lender. Head over there right now let Erin do for you. What she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown, that home loan process, Craig has nothing but good things to say about how easy and seamless everything went thanks to Aaron Bowersock and her team. Again, it is BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender. All right. Cameron, I want to throw this question at you. I threw this at my uh, Longhorn Blitz colleagues, Matt Butler and Rod Babers. Of the three guys that returned to practice yesterday, Malik um, Malik Murphy is a full participant. Jonathan Brooks is a full participant. Isaiah Nayer and Sark did say he's not a full participant. They are just monitoring his reps. He at least got back into drills yesterday. Of those three guys, which one do you feel like is the most significant in terms of their return to this team? And I mean, you can talk about it right now. Looking forward to the season. Of those three, which one do you say? Yeah, that one means more than the other two. Nayer. You said that without hesitation. Yeah. Easy question. Yeah, why? I think Texas really missed an outside threat last season. I think we saw the offense just kind of the sputter without Nair, without that number three guy really stepping up. We talked about Casey Kane and how he basically uh, went MIA after the Iowa State game. No one else really became that guy outside of Worthy in Whittington. I think Nair, I'm hoping Nair comes in and relieves some of that pressure off Xavier Worthy and also can help take the top off the defense because the deep threat, which is a huge part of what Sark wants to do offensively, has not been there the last two seasons. Now, of course, Nair, he might be 80% when week one rolls around, but I'd rather have him out there at 80% than have him out, not have him out there at all. You know what's funny is when he went, when he went down last year, I said on the show, I wrote on the site, because that's what Texas recruited him to do. That's why they got him from Wyoming. Like, you looked at his numbers and you start – I mean, I'm not just talking about the 44 catches and the 12 touchdowns that he had his last year at Wyoming, but you start looking at, like, his pro football focus numbers and, you know, average depth per target, uh, you know, contested catch rate, all that stuff of a big-time downfield threat where the numbers should be. Uh, pretty comparable to, like, Gabriel Davis, where Gabe Davis was in college. And when he went down – I'd said the significance of the injury was twofold. One, now you lost the guy that you recruited to be the vertical threat. And now you you know, you know, can't use Xavier Worthy as liberally as you were planning on using him. You've got to kind of pigeonhole him into that role. And people said, oh, no, you're wrong. It could be Troy O'Meary. It could be Brendan Thompson. It could be this guy. It could be that guy, you know. Some people, and myself included, to a certain point, were banking on, hey, maybe you get something from a Jai Hall. And, Cameron, what happened to the Texas passing game last year, like you said? You didn't have a true downfield vertical guy that that's pretty much all he did. You put way too much on Xavier Worthy's plate, and we saw the passing game sputter at some point. So that's what I think the the addition of A.D. Mitchell did is between getting A.D. Mitchell 
and Isaiah Nayer, whenever he gets healthy, whenever he's 100% ready to go. And like you said, Cam, I think that's a good thing to point out. He may not be 100% this year. You know, because, yes, technology and surgeries and in medicine has come a long way, but, man, for, for speed guys, an ACL tear is still an ACL tear. So you just wonder. And a lot of that comes down to, to confidence and, and building that confidence back up and making sure you're good to go. So let's just assume Isaiah Nayers, if, if he's 100%, that's probably more than you were expecting him to be this year. But let, like you said, let's say he's 80%. Between an 80% Isaiah Nayer and 100% A.D. Mitchell, you should have the vertical threat you didn't have last year. Now you throw in Xavier Worthy, if he has two fully functional hands, then you'd expect a better year from him, the return of Jordan Whittington, and then – you know, John Tate Cook has had a great spring so far. I think DeAndre Morris put himself in a position to get some snaps. And, and look, there's a long way to go in spring ball, but I like the way that receiver core is shaping up. So I, I agree with you on Nayer's importance. My where I fall back immediately, my answer was I think of right now, and I'm looking. I'm not looking at it down the road. I'm looking at it in the here and now. I think getting Malik Murphy back on the practice field. And getting him full go, I think that was the most important of those three returns. Okay. Because, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Steve Sarkeesian's been the head coach of Texas for two seasons. In each of those seasons, he went to the backup quarterback by game three. One, because of a performance issue in 2021. And last year, because of the injury to Quinn, you had to go to Hudson Card. Odds are you're probably going to need your backup quarterback to play significant snaps. And whether it's Arch Manning or Malik Murphy backing up Quinn Ewers, you want your backup quarterback to be in that role because he earned the right to be the backup quarterback and to be the next man up, not just because it's by default and he's the only guy there. And and we might get to that point. You know, maybe Malik Murphy – transfers after spring ball or transfers at some point in the fall. I don't know. That's just me throwing out things that can happen because it's the quarterback position. We're in the transfer portal era. You're not going to keep a fully stocked quarterback room at all times. But, you know, what? I know everybody has looked at those two quarterbacks, Malik Murphy and Arch Manning, in terms of, well, can they push Quinn? And actually, you know what? Sark can lay this out better. Can we got this cut with uh, – uh, Sark was Sark talking about uh, Malik Murphy yesterday, and uh, he goes into like the quarterback competition and some other stuff. So let, let, let's just hear this cut from Sark real quick. Um, well, I think Ethan Burke has done a nice job. Um, I think that, that we've no, seen no, not that one. Know, it's going to be about uh, the quarterbacks. Do we have that one? Yeah, I, I thought uh, Arch was uh, Arch. I'd say today was his best day, um, which. You know, it should happen. We, hopefully we, we've learned from week one and, and some of the things of whether it's the, the pace of play, whether it's the system, whether it's recognition of defense, whether it's ball placement, whatever that looks like. And um, I thought today today definitely was his best day. All right, that was Sark talking about Arch Manning. But basically when he was talking about Malik Murphy, he said that, you know, everybody likes to talk about a quarterback competition, but all, all three of those guys, everybody in that room needs to be able to push each other. And I know everybody's been looking at, you know, can those those two guys push Quinn? And I've even said that. Can those two guys push Quinn? And if they do, you know, if they have really good springs, that's going to hopefully force Quinn Ewers to raise his level of play, and you'll get a much better starting quarterback than what you got last year. But that backup quarterback piece, that backup quarterback piece is so pivotal. You've got to develop that position. You can't – 
you know, it's the it's the most important insurance policy insurance policy in sports is the backup quarterback at any level of football. And if you don't invest in that position and you go to cash in that insurance policy, you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. Cam, you think you got this cut? All right, let's just play it and see if this is it. And it's easy to point to the quarterback competition. Every position is an open competition. I can't tell a guy right now, hey, at whatever position is, he's the starter regardless. Everybody should be striving to be the best that they can be. We've got a long way till we play, right, in, in September. So ultimately, yeah, can Malik push Quinn? Of course he can. You know, how far can he take it? Quinn's job is to keep raising his level of play so he can't catch him, right? And that should be at every position across the board. Yeah, for sure. So I, that's why I think getting Malik Murphy back is so big. You got to, everybody in that room has to push each other. And hopefully, what it ends with is you end with a starting quarterback who has raised his level of play, who's ready to take a step forward from last year. And you've got a backup quarterback that, if they are called upon to go in and play, is ready to go in and play. And let's be honest, man, that's what you had last year. You've, you've actually had that each of the last two years. I mean, you had that with Casey Thompson two years ago. And say what you want about Casey Thompson. Cameron, would you agree Casey Thompson played well B- before the thumb injury against the Oklahoma game? Yes. And when the thumb yes. wasn't an issue, I know I'm using a lot of caveats here, but we've seen a lot worse backup quarterback situations at Texas than what Casey Thompson gave you in 2021. And honestly, by the end of that run where Hudson Card had to be your starter, that was the best football Hudson Card has played in his time at Texas. Or, they, he was per, or Purdue now, so the, the, that was the best football that he did play in his time at Texas. Was that stretch? Because I mean, you go back and like look at that West Virginia game, man. That was, I would say, either late in the Texas Tech game or that West Virginia game was probably the best we ever saw Hudson Card in terms of his ability to throw the football and run the offense. Most confident he's looked behind center all, no all career. So invest in the backup quarterback spot. Make sure you've got plenty of ammunition at that position. That is the one position where you cannot be left. Wanting a position where Texas was left wanting two years ago were the edges. Cameron, you heard my stat, right? That I threw out about the edge defenders after I, you know, went and pulled some numbers from Pro Football Focus and did some napkin math on my own. From runs that hit to the C gap out on Texas in 2021, Texas gave up almost seven yards per carry. It was 6.9 and change. Oof. Yeah. So the edges were pretty much non existent two years ago. Now, last year, the emergence of Baron Sorrell kind of had your. Your veteran stalwart there at Ovia Gofu, a guy that was he an impact player? No, nope. but was he a guy that you could just put there? No, hey, he's going to at least do the job and he's not going to really just screw anything up to where it's a detriment to your defense. Just a good, good, solid piece there on the edge. But now you need those edge guys to take a step forward. You need a, a Justice Finkley to step up. And right now, if Texas went and played a game today, I think it would be Baron Sorrell and Justice Finkley. Well, what about Ethan Burke? What about Jamon Tapp? Uh, what about Colton Vosick? Sark went into some of those young guys. As he said earlier this spring, they're Rolodexing some guys through at those edge positions. Um, well, I think Ethan Burke has done a nice job. Um, I think that, that we've seen you know flashes out of him. I think we've seen flashes out of um, uh, Jamon Tapp. Uh, I think there's some position flexibility in Jure Bledsoe. Uh, I like the prospect of, of Colton Vosick. Um, I, I hate it if I'm leaving somebody out, but again, we got a long way to go at that spot. You know, I think Sorrell clearly with the experience that he's had, that he's played with, um, 
feel strongly about that. And if we can create more activity out of him, I think he had five and a half sacks last year. Can, if, if he is that front-line guy for us, can we get that number you know, up closer to 10? What would that look like for us as a defense? So, um, but in the end, we're always trying to find complementary players and, and how do we generate that pass rush that we, that we so want, right? Um, I think we're one of the top teams in the country at pressuring the quarterback a year ago. We didn't always get the sack numbers, but we got pressure on the quarterback. But ideally, we'd like to get the sack number up because that means we're creating negative plays and it probably means we're getting off the field on third down, which is a huge point of emphasis for us this spring and then going into the fall. I still feel like their best pass rush presence is going to be on the interior until proven otherwise. Like I think Byron Murphy might be their best pass rusher. We know Tavondre Sweat has the ability in the middle of that defense to disrupt the quarterback. Uh, we've seen Alfred Collins do it in flashes, and, man, I, I really, really, really hope that Alfred Collins puts it together because, Cam, you've seen him in person plenty, and when you go out to the practice field and you watch Alfred Collins, you're like, man, when you put an NFL defensive lineman together, like that's what they should look like. Like I think as long as he doesn't have just a terrible year, even if he has an okay year, I think Alfred Collins is going to get drafted next spring. It felt like because of the measurables, I think he'll test off the charts. And if he's productive enough that to to remain intriguing, I think he'll get drafted. And honestly, like at this point, I feel like Alfred Collins, I feel like his trajectory is a lot like Henry Melton in the sense that I think he's going to have a much better pro career than he will have had a college career. Do you think that one of the most important traits for a defensive lineman interior defensive lineman is the motor in your mentality? Because it, it feels like with Alfred that kind of like the same way with Snacks and even Ojimo like two years ago, it felt like they didn't have playing their best ball. And then this past season, they both kind of balled out. And the defensive line interior-wise became a strength. And it felt like we're waiting for Alfred Collins to make that step. And I'm curious, is that more of just you got to have maybe that determination and that hunger that we saw out of Coburn and, and Ojimo that you need to have as an interior defensive lineman because it's such a tough position to play. I, I think for Alfred, the big thing, and this is just me from the outside looking in, for me, I think it's he, he needs to have a defined role. I think at times, like I feel, especially two years ago, it just felt like they tried to do too much with him. Like, oh, we're going to play him at a three technique this game, and then he'll be at a five technique this game, and then we can move him around. Maybe he's just not a guy that can play multiple shades. Maybe he's a guy that needs more of a defined role. I don't know what it is, uh, and I don't know. I'm always, I'm always hesitant, Cam, to use the the he needs to to up his motor kind of deal because you just don't know is he having a hard time understanding it schematically, uh, or the coach is not relaying the information properly. Like, there's a disconnect somewhere, and I would just like to see whatever the disconnect is that's going to help him become a more consistent player. I would just like to see that disconnect fixed. But you know, the edge guys, edge is one of those positions. Uh, there's a lot of talent there, but it's inexperienced talent. That's why Justice Finkley has the edge on those other guys because he's just played more than those other guys have. But, you know, it's going to be a big spring for those other guys, for Tap and Burke and Colton Vosick. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe Chris Ross gets thrown in there since he's moved from interior D-line to edge. Jare Bledsoe, Jare Bledsoe is the most intriguing guy on defense, period, for me because at, you know, 6'3", 270, Sark has already said he he was one of their best athletes on that side of the ball, period. Everything he brings to the table 
you know, you could see him being a guy that is an impact player. But again, it's just where is he going to settle in? I think this year, because of the depth you've got, it's probably more situationally, kind of a more week-to-week thing on where you play him. But I'm really excited about Jare Bledsoe. But again, part of that group that's talented, they're just young and inexperienced. That's why I think initially, I think a lot of your pass rush pop is going to come from the interior with Byron Murphy. I've yet to talk to somebody, Cam, who has a bad thing to say about Byron Murphy's trajectory. Everybody in that program that you talk to assumes he's just ready to take off and take another step and be that next stalwart defender in the middle of that Texas defense. Everybody feels like Byron Murphy's getting ready to take off, and I would not disagree with them. I think the more snaps he gets, the better he's going to be. Him and Mo Blackwell were two names for me that it feels like the more snaps they get this year, the more experience they have, another another spring and fall to develop, they're going to be two key playmakers for a Texas defense I'm in 23. A, I'm a Mo Blackwell truther. I do not hide that. I'm very, very high on Mo Blackwell. Uh, and I'm not the only one who's high on Mo Blackwell. I've heard there's some folks inside the program that think very fondly of Mo Blackwell. Uh, that's going to do it for this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. We'll keep that conversation going in hour number two. But coming up next, to close out hour number one, a little inconceivable on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right, we start inconceivable with a contribution from one Cameron Parker. Cam, what do you got? It could be the traffic. That's been pretty darn inconceivable. Been but um, going to go to Jacksonville State Baseball. This is about a week old. Um, don't think it's been discussed in the show. But one of the greatest laugh-out-loud moments I've had um, – watching college baseball and I feel really bad for this announcer. I'm sure you've heard it, Jeff, but um don't do this Craig Way. Designated Hitler excuse me, designated hitter looking to get aboard. Sorry about that folks. Yikes. Designated Hitler. Always uh gives me an opportunity to bring up the uh chicken chain in Thailand that was Hitler fried chicken. <laughs> You know about the, the Hitler fried chicken bit, Cam? No. Yeah, there's just, I don't know, apparently in Thailand they have some kind of weird obsession with Hitler. And in Thailand? I don't think it exists anymore, but yeah, it was Hitler fried chicken. It was like KFC, but instead of the colonel, it was it was Hitler. Yeah, that's that's not going to fly. Uh, not that we welcome these or just want you to start flooding them, but uh, we did get an inconceivable contribution on the Specs text line from MJ from Hearn. Hearn, the town... The Walmart killed twice. Says, hey, Jeff, I have an inconceivable for you. I'm out here delivering mail, and a lady put some newspaper on the ground and sat on a bucket and used the bathroom. Maybe she's from Gerald with two poop emojis. Cameron, have you ever seen nope. anyone drop trowel and nope. just relieve themselves in public? No. That's... I don't know what I'd do. Like, it... It would be, it'd be a shock to the system, man. So is this happening in Hearn? I don't know if MJ from Hearn is delivering mail in Hearn or just somewhere in the Bryan College from, Station, uh, okay. you know, metropolis. But yeah, somewhere in that area. I Have, haven't been down so bad where I need to find a bucket to do my business. But you been in like one? Have you been in one of those emergency situations where oh, a bathroom wasn't available and? What's the what's the most 
What's the weirdest place you've used for a latrine? The um, the woods out in Big Bend, Texas. Okay, that's was it. Was it a camping? Yes, trip? there's no bathrooms. Okay. I can't remember the golf course, and he should be thankful. But <laughs> Bucky told me once that he uh, there was a golf course in our Fairburg that he once found a tree and had to relieve himself because he wasn't going to make it back to the clubhouse. With Bucky Godbolt, does that surprise you nope. in any way, shape, or form? No, Bucky. Bucky strikes me as a guy who just bees in the middle of the fairway. He's just like, yo, you get a five iron, okay? Give me a second. I mean, everybody's heard the baked potato story at this yep. point, right? Yeah. Legalize it. Said uh, solid dude poop on Bourbon Street. That does not shock me in the least. Bourbon Street smells like pee. Like um, Bourbon Street, even even Sixth Street, you'll you'll see some some people doing some I business. Like I guess that you get to a certain age and just the appeal of Bourbon Street or the touristy bar type places it just loses its appeal i don't know well once you you know once you open the seal you just don't really care right you just want to go especially if you're on bourbon street mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're, you've had more than half of bud light yeah hey cameron uh here in case you in case you didn't see it somebody sent us a picture of a uh, hitler fried chicken see that see it's like the colonel but it's hitler with the mustache and all yeah I don't know what they were thinking, but it, it happened. It was real. It was not a bit. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up Inconceivable and wrap up hour number one. Uh, a nature-focused photographer recently captured an image of a bald eagle grabbing lunch to go as he took flight in Connecticut skies. Doug Gamel, a resident of South Windsor, went to Weathersfield Cove Inlet on March 8th to snap some photos of eagles on his Nikon camera. The retired banker has been uh, for photographing birds, insects, and nature for the last seven years. Much of his work is dedicated to uh, photographing eagles, and Gamel said he tries to catch the birds fishing. So he went to catch, you know, eagles kind of getting into the water and grabbing them a fish. Uh, Gamel said uh, he was uh, posed on a path between the waterway and the Department of Motor Vehicles building when he saw an eagle uh, began putting its legs down. That's a sign they're going to grab something. I didn't know it was a pizza until I got home. Gamel said the juvenile bald eagle, which he estimated to be a year and a half old, swooped down and grabbed a slice of pepperoni pizza before being chased by crows that appeared to wanted that appeared to want the same piece. Gamel was able to grab a shot of the surprising moment. And sure enough, there it is, man. A eagle swooped down and grabbed him a piece of pizza. Was it Domino's? Nah, no word on what chain the pizza was from, but apparently. He, uh, the eagle just wanted some pizza. Hopefully it wasn't Pizza Hut, or else that eagle would have been gravely disappointed. That is, that's closely related to animals doing human-like things, which excites me very, very much. So, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up with Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.